0: okay we are up and running
1: hi donna how are you hi shauna i'm great how are you it's so
0: wonderful to be here with you again so nice to see you and like i was saying before on this beautiful sunny day it's nice to have that sun again in the okanagan we we miss it when it's not here
1: well it's been such a strange long wet winter with so much snow and now a long wet spring and I guess we'll be regretting saying this when it's, you know, 50 in our backyard, like we had last year for a week, we had in the high 40s and 50s, kind of a micro heat in our yard, the way we're hemmed in by the hill. So didn't really enjoy that. So I'm actually kind of the cool weather girl. I'm a temperate Mm. character. I like it not too hot, not too cold, right around 22 is perfect for me. That's nice.
0: Uh, but it's so green here, though, with all the rain and stuff. It's
1: I know. Don't you notice? Lush. That? It's, it's still just fun. lush. Eh? Yeah. I always look forward to spring because we get all those variations in the greens. And mm-hmm. now it's lasted right through mm-hmm. until June. And I especially love it. It's seen it green all the way to the top of the mountains. Right. You know, yeah. we've had so many years of fire and then flood and then fire and fire again. And so much heat. And it's always so brown already by now. And it's so, just, it's heart, heart color, right? Just see yeah. that green emerald color extending around in all its variations. Just fills us up, doesn't it? Yes, it does.
0: <laughs> so to get started, can you tell us about the business you created and why it excites you? Uh, well,
1: my business is called Soulful Solutions with the emphasis on full, F-U-L-L. And the reasoning behind that is I've always felt to live fully, you have to be coming from soul, from your sacred soul self, and not from your monkey mind, I like to call it, or the egocentric mind. And uh, throughout my life, I've had a lot of challenges, and I've had to dig deep many, many times to find the full. And throughout my life, every step of the way, one way or another, I ended up being a teacher. I just didn't define myself or qualify myself as a teacher or a coach. And uh, through the process of blindness, polio, a couple bouts of cancer, two marriages, and then a third after two middle failed relationships, I finally got the message that the person I needed to create the best and most powerful relationship was with myself. And that when I understood myself and I understood what lit my soul up and made my heart sing, then that's what would appear in my life, you know, financially, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and in relationship, whether it was with friends or or a partner. And that's exactly what happened. It didn't happen until late in life because it took me a long time to integrate and learn and trust living from my heart. And so that's the heartful, soulful part of my company. So I was in an executive career and I was in the travel industry and I had been through a lot of challenges in the travel industry, including going bankrupt. During after 911, I had a small mom and pop operation and uh, as with 600 agencies across Canada over a period of three days after 911, the banks pulled all of our lines of credits or uh, wanted, you know, more uh, security, and people just couldn't come up with it, or they were going to have to, you know, mortgage their firstborn child to do it. So I stepped back and took a breath and. Uh, closed down my agency and thought, what am I gonna do with the rest of my life? Well, I immediately found out that I developed the skills, the executive skills through my whole life experience that that translated into being a higher paid employee for a major travel organization than I'd ever paid myself. And that put me in a place to uh, rediscover a city that I grew up in and just sort of be reborn on every level. And it was very challenging. And it was very exciting. And when I just was so happy with my life for the first time in such a long time, as as it happens, when you're happy with you and you're being the best you and you're showing up for you and enjoying you and your life, everything that contributes to that comes in. And in came my beautiful husband, Frank. And he made it a quest over quite a period of time to uh, convince me that I should take a chance on love again. And I did and launched into a whole new life with him, left the travel industry, became a machinist and a millwright in my fifties <laughs> and uh, worked in manufacturing with him and his company for a number of years. And we sold the company and I sort of semi-retired and he said, well, now hun, you can do what you really came to do. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you're a life coach. You are a a teacher. You have so much wisdom and such a journey. and, And if not now, when? And so I sat with that for a year. And I had a, as these happens, when you're sitting with an idea or a concept that you haven't ever considered, all the things that are counterproductive and all the things that are productive to either influence you one way or another come into play and then you have to trust your heart. And I started, you know, being honest, really truthful with people about who I was, and that I had psychic abilities, and that I was an empath, and that I was an auric channeler, and I could read auras and chakras. And it was like um, the child, it was like the genie let out of the bottle, because I had kept this really important part of myself just Dumbed down, hidden behind doors, stuffed in the closet for so many years. And I, I didn't, you know, burst out of the closet. It was like a peek and then the step and then a you know, wink and a giggle. And people just started coming to me. And then it it took off and I discovered the technology to be able to to uh, image people's auras and show them what I saw and then read from it. And it, it just uh, morphed from there into one-on-one personal coaching, which I've loved. And now um, I'm happy to say I'm a published author in two books. I'm about to do a chapter in a third compilation and I'm writing two of my own books. And it's all because I stepped into coaching and, um, a power I had that I didn't let out of the bottle like the genie. Wow, so
0: eloquently said. I love listening to you speak. You're you're amazing. Um, What have you gained from working in your business? Oh,
1: mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual clarity on every level of my being. Every time I work with a client, uh, not only do I help them, but I learn more about me every time. Mm. And every single time I am with a client, uh, I learn how to do something better, how to show up and and give more than what I'm giving. And, you know, my husband's favorite saying, because I'm a great giver, I'm a reluctant receiver, or I feel like I want to re-qualify that or reword that. Never declare you are something unless that's what you really intend to be because it will come to you. That's the way the universe works. So my get out of jail free card with that is to always declare a state of being as a being if that's what you actually are. You know, I am kind, I am loving, I am freewheeling, I am fun, whatever those I ams are. And if it's something that's slightly you know, under the radar or a little off center or a lot off center, declare it as a feeling. Mm -hmm. So I struggle with technology. So I feel (laughs) like I struggle with technology changes Mm -hmm. the energy up. So I feel when I'm working with my clients that every step in deeper into them takes me deeper into me and allows me to show up and be more for them, which allows them to show up and be more for themselves and me, which teaches us both how to rework the wheel again. And it's that beautiful tick, 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 tick of the clock that takes us around and brings us back to center.
0: Love it, love it. I'm of course reflecting on my business. I think I'm the same way. That's exactly right. Every time I help somebody, I I, I love it. It's (laughs) recalibrates and you learn from that too. Uh, uh, Beautifully said. Uh, what kind of obstacles have you had to face being in business for yourself?
1: Oh, well, trust, you know, trust that I, I had the tools and that if I didn't have the tools, I could find the people that would that would teach me the tools or give me the tools. Um, the business part of it, I am not a natural born businesswoman. I've I've always had people for that in my life. And so I tend, tended always to delegate. So when I became a a soul printer, um, literally a one, one woman shop uh, I had to, I didn't have people. (laughs) And I didn't have, you know, accountant and I didn't have it. So learning to, it, it took me three years to get my, my books, my financial books in order and get an accountant and, and, and literally, get my whiz bang together right <laughs> and, and it, it, it wasn't easy because i don't pretend to understand it you know um and i i still don't but i do i do now have good people that do and, and that and that do it for me so that's great um understanding the the nuances in this day and age you know, i'm still of the generation where when the phone rang you picked it up and said who's there hello who is this (laughs) there wasn't a face or a (laughs) and you didn't phone people unless it was important Mm -hmm. and you couldn't get to them because if it was important and you knew them well you went and knocked on their door Mm -hmm. so you know the the golden these these silver hairs didn't come out of a out of a clairall box I earned them all and technology uh in this generation is is one of them I look at my grandchildren, and I'm just blown away by by what they do. And uh, I know you were instrumental in helping me do my first media sheet. I I didn't even understand what I was being asked on all of these podcasts and interviews that I needed to send this media one sheet, and it had to have this information on it. And so I would say technology, I've had to grow the most and, and in my business learning to trust that Whatever I didn't have the power to do myself, I had the power to find somebody to help me and to not be a lone wolf. Don't be afraid to ask. A lot of uh, entrepreneurs and soulpreneurs, as I call them, they they are they don't ask, you know. And to give a gift is to receive a gift. To receive a gift is to give a bit gift. There's always something reciprocal. So reach out for help. There's always somewhere someone, someone that can help you through whatever questions you have, anxieties you have. And and don't sit on anxiety around your business. If you have an anxiety, seek out counsel, find someone that can help you with it. Don't be afraid to ask and, and don't be afraid to ask for specifically what you need. Sometimes we don't find out what we need until we start asking questions.
0: I think that is a uh, very true of a lot of entrepreneurs. They head into, I'm going to have my own business, but they forget they have to be the accountant and the HR department and the marketing. marketing. department. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's,
0: a lot, there's a lot. There's a lot. That's one of the main reasons I have such appreciation and respect for people that, uh, do their own businesses because it's it's not easy, as uh, as you think it is out there. What media says? Go and start your own business. You'll be successful immediately. It's like, mm-hmm, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, no! Just keeping a schedule when you're, you know, when you're working, and especially during the the last few years of the pandemic, and now coming back to whatever new normal is going to be for us. Yes. Um, having to pivot from having your clients in your office face to face or i did a lot as you know i did a lot of wellness shows and a lot of uh, holistic um summits and they were all in person and everything was done in person and people came to your office and you know it was just uh, teaching my clients that i could give them reiki healing and sound bath healing and tapping healing through Zoom, like we're doing now, we we wouldn't even have thought of this, you know, three, four years ago, it would have been like, you want me to do what? (laughs) How's that going to (laughs) work? And the answer is it works perfectly. We create what we need in the moment that we need it.
0: There's been some advantages to the crazy vid time that it's expanded our accessibility to different things and our awareness. There's been some wins. Of course, there's been lots of challenges, but that's been a nice thing that you can continue... Your class can continue to be virtual or see
1: in person now, right? There's choices. Yeah, they have choices now. It's really wonderful. But it, and it's great to have the opportunity to do both, you know? Absolutely. So.
0: What is your proudest business mo- business moment?
1: My proudest business moment. Oh gosh. I don't I, you know, I don't think I've ever sat down and said disc- I'm proud of that. Um, my proudest business moment was doing the very first wellness show in, well, it wasn't the first it's there's um, the the Vancouver wellness show and it's been going on for 25 years. It's the biggest holistic wellness. Well, the biggest wellness show in uh, that in BC and I applied for it and I was turned down and I thought, well, why would I be turned down? So, you know, being the questioner that I am, I phoned up the the manager of the fair and I said, I applied and I'm in plenty of time. Why was I, why was my application rejected? And the answer was, we don't have people like you. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I teach not taking offense and asking the right questions. And so I said, well um, what kind of people is me? He said, well, you know, uh, she actually said, "Uh, you know, um, those uh, uh, woo-woo kind of people. And I said, well, I'm looking down the list of vendors that are already there. And I see you have the Chopra Meditation Center and you have this and you have that. And, you know, you have some yogis there teaching yoga and all of that. and, And that's my lane well, no, you're a psychic. I said, yes, I'm a psychic, I'm a medium, but I'm also a holistic practitioner and healer. I do Reiki, I do tapping, I do sound bath, I do NLP, I do EFT. I have so many modalities, 70 the last time I counted. And I've been learning them and honing them over 40 years. So I think that I'm a really great wellness practitioner that would bring new life and a new view to an old scene that you have. So she actually had to take it to the board of directors and they approved me. And I gotta say, the first day was horrible. And luckily we were placed right like at the center, we couldn't have had a better booth. And I think it was just the last one available and we made it work and it was too small, but it was right when people came in the front door, we're kind of the first thing they saw. And then across from us was the, the Chopra meditation center. And I think they felt sorry for us because nobody was coming to see us. So they were like gonging and saying little prayers and namasteing at us all the time. And then we had um, a newspaper beside us and the name fails me now, but it's a very uh, great street, street newspaper in Vancouver and they were, Titty chatty. So we had some people to talk to, but not many people. They were kind of like skirting around us and they see the aura imaging and that. And they were interested, but they wouldn't come up. And then I spoke. I also paid to be a speaker. And that was a shock to me that you had to pay to speak. I thought, okay, well, they should pay you to speak. But no, no, you have to pay to speak. So I paid the money to speak. And I got up and I spoke and I, I did some stuff on the stage and some some channeling. And then I also talked a lot about, you know, the healing aspect of auras and chakras and how healing them and knowing about them helped. And I took my time because it, you know, nobody had been coming to see us. And by the time I walked back, there was a lineup of 120 people around. We were swamped, and they had to ask people to move and come back and we had to take appointments. And um, I just I came away with 80 booked appointments by the phone from people in Vancouver that couldn't see me. So that was my proudest moment because it wow. I had to work so hard for them to accept me and get in there. And the interesting thing is I have never gone back, but they invite me every year. <laughs> and, and uh, you know. I just, first it was pandemic. Well, first, the first time I was ill and the second time, two times it was pandemic and I haven't gone back, but I still have all the customers, the clients that periodically book me from there. So, you know, standing up for what I believe in and standing up for what I know to be true and being very uh, businesslike about it, mm-hmm. you know, tell me why, let me give you the reasons why you're wrong. And take them back to your board and and discuss it. And if you have any further questions, I'm here for you. But I'd really like to proceed. And then trusting that the universe was, was, was giving me the strength to do that and guiding me to do that. And then, you know, the return and the reward for both parties was equal, of equal value. They had a new vendor that that they had never even considered in 20 years. And now, if you look at the vendor list of that, there's a lot of Donnas and Franks out there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very proud of paving the way into that you know hallowed hall of wellness. <laughs> That's a fantastic story, I haven't heard that before. <laughs> good for you, good for you. I
0: see a lot of entrepreneurs, they uh, have trouble enough as it is, they're kind of like, you know, I'm in business, I'm. A bit, they're so timid as it is because it's such a good for you I'm so glad you pushed back and made the way for other people to participate like how many people did
1: they say no to and just shoo away in the past I just don't think they ever considered them they would just decline them and the people would never ask why was I declined they would think oh the show's full or they don't have room or they're only have so many of this kind but there was no one and yet they had other businesses in there that were complementary to, mm-hmm. to what I do. But they didn't have anybody that was the last peg, you know, that filled the last mm-hmm. hole in, in, in the hole that was missing. You know, there was cornerstones there of wellness, and they were missing one of the cornerstones.
0: Awesome. Good for you. Love it. What is on your business wish list for the next 10 years?
1: Well, I'm 71, so if I'm still working, I'm 71 on Friday. So if I'm still working when I'm 81, and I have no plans not to be, because in one way or another, now um, this isn't a a job or a business, it's a mission. My goal now is um, around teaching the principles that I've learned through all of my life and all of my business experience, not just the wellness experience. Um, You know, I've I've been an international swim coach. I've been a teacher. I've been a coach of a whole number of things. And all of those, uh, I've been through a lot of relationship issues, financial issues. I have earned, well-earned a PhD in life. And my mission and my goal now uh, is to teach from it. And one of the things that I experienced was um, three that I remember clearly, and two that I've been told about. There may have been others, but I've had a lot of health issues in my life, and I've had died (laughs) several times and come back to tell the tale. And what I want to do for the rest of my life is to teach people to not be afraid or to, to help them to see, to not be afraid of living and not be afraid of dying. Because in actual fact, there is no death. There's just another higher kind of living. And there's some principles and there's some lessons to be learned here and some challenges and some triumphs to celebrate here and we carry all of that forward into a new dimension, another dimension that is side by side with this one. And the advantage is that when we're in the other one, we can communicate and help everyone that we love and especially people we didn't love from that dimension. And I think the biggest thing and the hardest thing for people to get about that is that there is no judgment. In the space that I call now, so we're we're either now here in life, or we're nowhere, or we're in now. And now is a field of infinite unity in which all things and all dimensions cohabit conditionally. By that, I mean, there are some conditions you can't be in now if you're alive having a, a life on earth. But if you're in now and you're in spirit, you can be in both dimensions and other dimensions at the same time. And what I learned, the most important thing is that God, source, creator, whatever you want to call that energy, does not judge, is not a judge. There is no jury. The judging is done here by us. We are the judge and jury of our lives and we allow everybody else to be the judge and juries of our lives. And the truth is we're just here to be the perfect individual human being that we were born to be, to bring whatever gifts we brought in. And we, we all come in with gifts, beautiful gifts, wonderful gifts. And whether you are viewed through somebody else's lens of not worthy is none of your business. It's none of your business what anybody else thinks of you. The only important person you have to be concerned about is what you think of you. Are you living up to your standards? Are you reaching your full potential? Your full potential might be a homeless person on the street and that homeless person on the street is only there to touch one soul and change one life through that person witnessing that journey. So you could be a millionaire, you could be Elon Musk and maybe you just wanna have more and more and be more and more and create more and more. And there's that one person that's gonna touch you and bring you back to center. You know, there's we're the whole spectrum of humanity, human meaning, human being, and the stuff that we do is just the stuff that we do. So in my world, you're a human being, or you're a human doing. If you're a human being, you're gonna be all that you can be for yourself and everyone else and everything you touch. And if you're a human doing, you're gonna be doing and doing and striving and striving and doing and doing more, and you're probably going to end up with just a bunch of doo-doo because along the way, you didn't take the time to just be. So, be.
0: I always walk away from our talks, like, and re-inspired and re-jigged and reinforced because <laughs> I do try to live a lot of that stuff. That you, you do. You're that changes, shining but.
1: example. <laughs> and you are in such service. I, I just cannot believe... Shauna, how much you do and how many souls you touch and how many people you give the opportunity to be in service in this way, the way we're sharing today. It's, it's amazing. It's a gift to me. It's a gift to you. It's a gift to the world. And you do it with, with everyone you touch. And I'm so grateful to have such a gracious and loving soul in my life as you. Thank you.
0: That, you know, that goes both ways. Like, big I, do. To you. I just love you to just death. You you know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you touched on this a little bit already, but before working in your business, what was the most unusual or interesting job you've ever had?
1: The most unusual or interesting job I ever had. Um, I developed and des- I, I was coaching a, uh, a physical PE phys- coach in a school I was teaching uh, an international swim program for students from K3 so they had a nursery school which was like three years old and then they had a K4 K5 and one to nine in this international school and it was many many nationalities I think when we started there were 12 nationalities and when we left there were 17 nationalities represented in the school Um, So teachers and children from multiple cultures, multiple uh, countries living in a country that was very different than theirs. I was in Indonesia, so it was predominantly Muslim um, and Asian and very different culture. And then all of these other multinational uh, people that lived there in this very condensed little expatriate culture. And we had to educate our children And so there was an American school that was in the house. We we built a school. We built an international school program. It was accredited. Uh, I created a swimming program and then went from that school to another school in the country, created the same program there. And what was happening is we were flying over open water in small planes all the time. And uh, as happens uh, when you live in that kind of environment and you're doing that all the time, there are accidents and people die in planes and people have crashes and they don't survive. And um, I was thinking about it and I was thinking, well, I'm teaching these kids swimming pool safety and I know that they're safe and great in the pool, but these kids are flying often, you know, unaccompanied in planes all the time with people that they don't know. um, And, they don't know open water safety and what they're taught in a plane. You know, when the little thing drops out a kid by themselves with, you know, you've got a teacher or three teachers with 25 kids and the things, the oxygen masks drop out of the plane and the kids don't know. And you've only got three people to handle what's going on. So I devised developed um, with two other teachers and myself, we designed an open water survival program for small aircraft And we taught it and we to coordinate that i had to work with uh, multiple levels of, of the indonesian government and multiple levels of the international school system and coordinate with three airlines to devise and provide the program and it was an outstanding success and we ended up teaching it to adults as well and the highlight was always, of course, an open water test in what we call the Flying Ducks, which was the was a Dash 7 at the time, the airline airplane that we used. But we also did it on the um, side of the pool, which was with, you know, we pretended that, that we had to eject out of the plane and, and you know, blow up the raft and get in the raft and do everything that we need to do. And But the greatest thing the kids loved was messing with the shark propellant <clears throat> because you had these canisters of, like, injectable or ejectable uh, shark repellent, and it would make blue dye in the water which dispersed and it was fine but if the kids stepped in and walked all over the pool it was fluorescent so they would make like shark dye angels on the side of the pool like we would do snow angels here and then at night when as soon as the sun started to go down it'd go fluorescent and everybody could see it so it was always fun that was what I was proud of. Creating, creating that program was a real uh, exercise in perseverance and patience and knowing that it saved lives. And tenacity. And tenacity. It took a lot of tenacity. <laughs> I'm sure.
0: I'm sure. I recognize that because I'm a bit of a tenacious person too. But I love you saw a huge need and you got her done. Yeah. No question. You just did it. Wow. Thank you. You saved lives there. That's amazing. Great, great, uh, um, interesting job for sure.
1: I remember they wanted to do away with the program at one point and put in a fencing program and uh, like, you know, fencing sorts. And I said, look, no student here is going to die because they didn't learn how to fence. Yes. Every one of the kids here could die in one plane because they didn't know how to exit the plane and be safe in open water. Yeah. Wow. I saved the program. So that was happy. I'm sure awesome. the other teacher that taught fencing wasn't very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay with that. Yeah, for sure. The right, right reasons there.
0: Absolutely. What tools do you use to support yourself?
1: Oh, I have a toolkit. I have a spiritual toolkit. I have a business toolkit. Um, keeping a schedule. And uh, being pretty firm about what is, what is business time and what is family time, I think is crucial. We tend right now to multitask on so many levels that we often forget to draw the line and keep that. Uh, Thank you, Elizabeth Beats, for teaching me dream schedule because I learned that through, through the Holistic Women's Business Academy that that dream schedule is really important and that dream schedule has to include Not just time for your business, but time for your family, your self-care, your community involvement. Excuse me. It's all levels of of care, starting with you, because you can't show up in your business for anybody else, What you can't show up for in your life for you. So that's important. Um, Being able to step back and ask for another opinion. Mm-hmm. If you're stuck in a, in a place and you're not seeing the way through to, to step back. And the flip side of that is trusting your heart when you hear something that doesn't resonate as true for you in your business to say, you know what, thanks, I really appreciate it, but it's okay for me to step back and say no to this, whatever offer AYZ is. Yes.
0: Absolutely. But whenever we talk about how you balance everything I had a very wise mentor many years ago, Doug McGllicut and he always talked about if you have a glass jar of time because we have limited resources with that and you have all these things you have to do and how would you how would you start and he's talked about if you have big big rocks and little rocks and, and sand, all this stuff you have to do. And the big rocks, of course, most important to the sand is like least important. How would you make that all fit into the, to the jar? And just like you said, the schedule, like you put the big stones in first, so family first. So I always make sure I have that locked and loaded, then my customers and then, and, and uh, that was invaluable to think of things that way. And I've tried to share that with lots of people too, because it's overwhelming if you think you have to do it all, all at once, all the, all the time, right?
1: Yeah, one of the things that I think that people have struggled with through the pandemic is that everything became available online, right? And then suddenly, everybody was taking courses in this and courses in that to to, uh, elevate their game and to market this and to do that. And I actually sat down and counted one month. I I don't know how I managed to do it. But I had booked in 17 courses into <laughs> a month amongst my, you know, and, and suddenly I realized that when Frank came home from work, because he goes earlier than me and he comes home, that he would just automatically make two cups of tea and come upstairs and sit down on the couch in my office across from my desk. And, and he would just sit there patiently and wait, you know. And then I would be right, he How's your day, hon? How'd, how'd it go? I say, oh, great. How? And now this is a habit now where we have this half hour on the couch with me at the desk and him on the couch speaking every evening. But he was just very calmly and quietly bringing me back to center. That where's where's the you time in you? You know, it's I know, I know to yeah. I was filling in when I wasn't busy. I felt I had to be busy. Mm-hmm. You know, and things because the danger is. not it? Yeah. yeah. We had to figure out how to navigate the pandemic and how to how to serve the clients in a way that we hadn't served them before and to still show up for ourselves and then to not overload the schedule because it's easy to book back to back to back to back oh, Zoom. Yes. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think of doing that with real clients. You know, you'd want a space between your appointments so you could prepare. And that I I had forgotten that for a little while, and I got so involved in. The idea of growing my business that through learning that I wasn't knowing my business through being and doing what I needed to be and do. So that was a wake-up call, mm-hmm. you know, to just take a step back and say it's all right to say no. Every shiny object that is, you know, I'm a bit of a crow, I like shiny objects. Yes, <laughs> so you do. Yes, you do. Every shiny object is not an opportunity to to know and grow and flow and glow. It's just a shiny object.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What do you really know? What do you need to grow? Where are you gonna flow? Where's it gonna take you? And is it gonna help you to shine your light? If it's not Mm -hmm. gonna help you know more, if you're not gonna grow from it, if the flow is going against the current of your direction, going to dim your light choose what you know and what you can glow from and and rust that compass (laughs) that compass those that trust is
0: really really important uh do you have a favorite quote
1: yes yes i do you nourish your soul by fulfilling your destiny and mm. Destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. Ooh, good words. Is that your quote? No, that's Byron and they stand that got two plaques on my wall, one on each side of a beautiful painting that I look at over top of my computer every day and they I love Byron. I love his poetry. I love his writing and you know, it's weird to have this old old school writing but I've just I think my mother started reading me Byron in the cradle and I've always loved it. And then I was uh, quoting Byron once to Frank. and the very first gift he ever gave me was the two plaques with my two favorite quotes mm-hmm. on. Them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just sounds like you. <laughs> those it are. Your words. Those are you.
0: those are you. <laughs>
1: yeah. And they're hanging on my wall and, and I quoted them to the final and most beautiful love of my life
0: awesome if given a chance who would you like to be for a day
1: oh the dalai lama Mm. yeah
0: love him he's so wise and so fun
1: he's so funny i met him once and he's just one of the most happiest funniest uh A light, he's a light.
0: Mm. Love it. If your house was burning down, what is the one non-living thing you would save? My passport. Get the hell out of there! Right?
1: <laughs> no, I, I would probably, I would probably grab uh, some crystals, and and uh, I have a, I've been through on evacuation alert now three times, fire mm-hmm. alert for weeks at a time and seeing the hill up behind me here flames 300 feet high so i've got that emergency kit and that drilled down what i need to take but if if i could only take one thing um i actually would want my life more than anything Mm -hmm. for sure and so i probably would just take whatever was at hand i'm thinking it would be, uh, what would it be? Huh. I, I've, I've done this drill so many times and I'm prepared for an emergency, but just that.
0: Well, it's hard to drill it down to one thing,
1: right? One thing. Everything that I, I value is on me. My wedding ring. Um, and uh, I guess it would probably be the phone. Oh, it's got everything. Yes. It's got access. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's tied to all my computers. It, does. it has it's got everything. all my passwords, and I do have. This is. Oh no, I lied. Here's my spiritual toolkit, and here's my life. There you go. So if I've got these <laughs> two things, I can survive anything because everything I need to know, my prayers, my affirmations are in here. There you go. And my life is in a box. There. Nice.
0: <laughs> so, there. I love
1: it. Look around. (laughs) So what else would you like to share today? Well, I belong to an amazing community uh, online called Women Like Me. Mm. And our mission is to share wonderful stories. And uh, we are writing compilation books. These are two of them that I'm co-authored in. And all of the proceeds go to breast cancer research. I recently lost my best friend of uh, Mm. 45 years to breast cancer, long and painful journey. So uh, buy the books, women like me support breast cancer. Um, You'll get some gems from me along with a bunch of brilliant other women. It's compiled by Julie Fairhurst from Chilliwack. No relation. We just found each other (laughs) in the coaching world. Um I would love to uh, I do offer a 30 minute zero to clarity complimentary session for people that want to discover more of them and how to know grow flow and glow love it www.donnafairhurst.com. love it thank you so much for uh talking with me today it's always you, a joy it is always a pleasure anytime my dear And I'm going to make it to coffee one of these days.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. Take care. Thanks, everybody.
1: Love.